music will be added in uh post recording but uh <laughs> welcome back to burn the haystack with josh and jesse and josh and laura i'm pointing to where they are but i don't know if i think just doing a tiktok dance <laughs> <laughs> oh um i guess i should say i'm jesse and then josh should say i'm josh and then josh and should i'm say- josh and i'm laura <laughs> Great. And this is a show all about saving the best and burning the rest live. Yay. Yeah, we're doing a uh, a live recording, but this time, I mean, we've done one live recording before, and that was in Palmerston North at a youth rally. And this is only the second live recording we've done, but this one's live on the internet. The internet. Yes. <laughs> on it's Zoom. Like magic. Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter, the internet, which one's more magical? I don't know. Oof. Tough call. <laughs> mm. so funny yeah <laughs> um so yeah some of you will be listening to this later on but a bunch of you will probably be watching this on facebook which is really fun so welcome welcome it is so good to have you here whether you're watching now or listening later um today we're just gonna be having a bit of a group chat around a few things to do with um i guess having an eye for what church on the other side of covid might look like the other uh, we side. thought that a bit interesting chat to have and just open it up to our our whole team so very exciting to have everyone with us today Mm. thanks for having us i'm excited sorry i'm just um sharing the post on my facebook so people see it (laughs) thanks josh i'm really interested to know what have you guys been doing for church this whole time we're all in different parts of uh, of the world, really, and I'm the only one here that's not a pastor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, Josh uh, Stothers, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, well, our church has been like a pre-recorded video put together at different people's homes, or like as in everybody will pre-record a part at their house, and then it all goes to our church secretary, and then she will stitches it all together and turns it into a beautiful church service legend yeah she's amazing and then then, uh, yeah we post that as like a um as like a premiere on both youtube and facebook so we all watch it live and then we've been doing um zoom sabbath schools and zoom small groups and then we've been posting daily devotionals on youtube and facebook for one for adults and one for kids almost every day since isolation started and we've just sort of stopped at the end of last week so it's been pretty hectic. That's been wow. pretty much pretty much everything we're doing. Hey, can I just ask, are you posting on um, Facebook and YouTube separately? Yeah. So you, you, you got like, I'm just asking because I'm thinking one of the, the topics I think we might get to is like, how are you measuring things? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, we, yeah, actually like, post the video on Facebook, like embedded into Facebook and on YouTube. So yeah. Yeah. Seems busy. It has been particularly for our secretary, but she's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So shout out to Alicia. You're the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Must be amazing having a secretary as a video editor. I'm, I'm totally not jealous at all. We, it must it was be amazing having a secretary. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Yeah. That too. (laughs) Yeah, it was a recent employment for our church and I'm so thankful to Jesus that we 
employed someone just like with those skills just before all this happened. Yeah, that's actually really fortuitous. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jesse? Um, so I've been kind of copying Josh, trying to just emulate the greatness that is Hamilton SDA Church. Um, nah, we, we started doing live streams. That's what we started with, um, using like a little Mevo camera type thing. And it was okay, but the audio wasn't amazing. So we've experimented with a bunch of stuff. I've just done like a personal live stream with me, like devotional style. Um, we sort of rented out a bunch of different uh, families that uh, hosted our live stream from week to week. So we're pretty lucky to have a couple of families who can do music and then a message. So that was cool. Mm. Um, but in the last few weeks, we have just been doing the old uh, premiere after chatting to Josh and seeing how um, they've been making use of that. So that's been cool. Pasting together different people's um, sort of contributions and then, yeah, just working it that way. Um, plus our Facebook group, which is really our sort of hub for our little community of discussion and updates and news and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it doesn't feel very innovative, but it's, yeah, it's what we're doing. Yeah, sounds mm. good. We've, we've done something fairly similar with what I've got two churches. So one of the churches, not so much Facebook or YouTube premiere, but we'll you know, post the video there, link it in with a, an e-newsletter, which we've only just started up because we didn't have an e-bulletin prior to this. Um, so needing to keep in touch some way and getting information out, that's been the way that we've gone. Um, but because I've got two churches and everyone meets at different times, I have Sabbath school at 10 o'clock, at 11 o'clock and at <laughs> 1 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> followed by church with uh, my other church at 2.30. Um, wow. And that's just a, like essentially what we're doing now. So a Zoom live kind of churchy thing. So yeah, it's 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 different. It's a lot. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to lead all of those, but that's the oh, schedule. Okay. So oh, right. I can yeah. kind of like, I can kind of just drop into a class and say, hey guys, haven't seen you. And, um, you know, at least connect with people that way. Or if I'm, you know, if it's a good day last week, for instance, I, I stayed in every class for the whole time. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's still wow, a lot. That's a lot you. of activity. That is a is. lot, yeah. And Zoom fatigue is real. Like I'm mm. really done with see I understand the importance. Like it's so great to see your faces. Hi, everyone. But mm. me, it's mm. like <laughs> I just, I'm distracted by how my hair looks. And I'm like, do I always look like this ridiculous when regularly in a normal conversation? And you just get really like, oh, man. Dare I say a yes or, or is that too many? <laughs> I always get really yes. self-conscious about my double chin. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, I brushed my beard today because I knew we were going live. <laughs> I, know, I, I washed my hair today because I knew I was going on Zoom. <laughs> I deliberately wore a stretch jumper so I would stop caring about it. <laughs> oh. nice. I didn't have time to get changed before we started. That's... <laughs> Yeah, cool. uh, um, well, my church has been doing um, like amazing programs, but uh, my father-in-law lives like seven hours inland and is a pastor of um, three or four different country churches. And each of them wow. are like a two hour drive apart. And so he has put them all together in one big Sabbath school group at 10 a.m. Nice. On Zoom. 
and Breakout um, rooms. yeah, my husband, it's, it's his dad. And so we've been getting the zoom link and just joining to kind of support, which is really nice. Um, cause we only ever get to see them, you know, once every three or mm. four months normally. And now we're in his Sabbath school class every week. And then we just stay on zoom to chat. But his idea is like, they run 10 to 11, that's it. And then at 11, you can go and watch the hope channel thing. Or I think there's a bunch of other like Adventist or Christian programs that do an 11 a.m. church service. So he just lets his congregation do whatever they want other than that. And we join that hour. Yeah, so it's been very different for me. I think that Sabbath school time, like that Bible study connecting time where you have people there is so much, like for me, I think that's far more important than like the sermon time. That's right. Because it allows you to connect with people. I almost want you to send that link, Laura, to all of us, <laughs> and then we all just pop in and we're like, Zoom for one more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Hamish Blake. I don't know oh. if they will get it. The people in the country will just be like, It's true. Oh. Actually, no, Theron was my junior Sabbath school teacher. Theron is my father-in-law um, that he's referring yes, to. Yes. So, oh, sorry, cool yes, I, I did. Mm. Um, so I would be like, I have not been in a Sabbath school class with him in over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, like, good value. It's good value. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. Well, uh, we're going to continue discussions about, um, about COVID-19, but as is tradition, we burn the haystack. We have to, of course, do the question of the week. Question of the week. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, Jesse, you looked so engaged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, now I'm going to have to insert that into the edit. Oh, whatever. No, it's all good. <laughs> I have um, like a sound deck so I can just press the sound effect when it happens like a DJ. That would be awesome. Would Maybe be cool. one day. Yeah. Burn the haystack dreams, goals. Mm. Um, <laughs> what is a song that you listen to that will always make you feel good? Oh. Yeah, I'm happy to start this one off. Mine yeah. is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Every oh. time. Without Queen fail. is such an underrated band. What? Are they? They're pretty world famous. No, they <laughs> are, but I, like, I feel like my cousin and I both love Queen. And like up until the movie came out, I think they kind of, people forgot about them a little bit, especially like younger generations. But I think their music is timeless. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, if yeah, if I had to go, if I was sticking with a strictly Queen theme, um, <laughs> you don't have to. We're not, but, by the way. <laughs> but okay, it would be Bohemian Rhapsody, which is just like one of the so best good. songs of all time. Yeah, um, but yeah. for something just a little bit kind of different, I used to do um, like ballroom dancing, um, and so a song that really kind of makes me happy is. Um, the jitterbug like wham yes <laughs> <laughs> i love it go to jive dance with Such that a good song. song yeah that's nice. so cool that is laura, very cool laura um i was going to say waterloo by abba <laughs> oh, i love yes. abba is that because it's eurovision week is it oh, it is yeah. but there's I no eurovision know. this year oh, oh okay so yes. sad uh, no, my mum is an ABBA fanatic, and so I grew up on ABBA, so it's like all these family memories, but I also love musicals, and oh, it's just a combination of so many good things. You can't help but, like, be happy. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. Um, for me, it would be... 
one, one of two. Right now, I'm really, really into um, the new Rend Collective album. So I'm, I really love the new revival anthem song in that album. Mm. Um, every time, I think, I think I define a song that makes me happy if whenever it starts to come on, you like can't help but start singing the words or like the tune. Yeah. And the other one would be, um, I'm blue. Oh, really? Die, die. Wow. Yeah. 65 really <laughs> so whenever so whenever that song comes on the reason it makes me happy is every time the song comes on karina just starts belting out like she can quote the the beginning of that song like word for word and so it just makes me crack up <laughs> so, so can hard I. <laughs> there you go <laughs> well i don't know i don't know what they are but it just makes me laugh wow. every time yeah that's a song i literally thought stopped existing after i stopped being 12 so I was surprised to hear it come I'm up pretty again. Sure, I'm pretty sure the band stopped existing then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was pretty like ep- a one-hit wonder. It was pretty epic because the other day we watched Iron Man 3 and Iron Man 3 opens with that song in like um, 1999 or whatever and it was uh, it was just mwah. not a good not a great movie. Like Iron Man 1 was great, 2 and 3 were kind of not so great, but really great opener. Huh. Well, in the in the comments, uh, Zoe has shared that hers is "Walking on Sunshine," which is of another course, great song. Such a good song. Classic. Yes, we'd love to hear all of your answers. So feel free to share in the comments what song will always make you feel good every time you hear it. You just like, you know, I'm thinking about a lot of us are getting towards the end of well, at least Australia, New Zealand, we're like kind of been in isolation for quite a while now. So kind of getting a bit blue maybe jesse um and so Um, (laughs) having some feel good mm. songs uh i I feel like always help the situation right yeah absolutely 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 (laughs) 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 all right Uh, so we got a we got a few questions we don't know if we'll get through them all today um but we're just gonna see how it goes, see how the conversation flows. And any question we ask today, obviously we'd love to hear all of your uh, answers as well in the comments. So make sure you guys are sharing and commenting so we can see as well and interact. Um, but yeah, Jesse, did you wanna start us off? Yeah, well, I guess what this whole conversation is about is really talking about how we've handled COVID-19 and this whole situation that the world's been in for the last um, month to what two months or whatever depending on where you live um but as we talked about at the top of the episode this uh has really impacted those of us in the faith community and uh i guess i guess one of the things that um i'm really interested in seeing how societal and spiritual shifts occur based on world events and i think this is one of those world events i don't think anybody is surprised would be surprised to to think about that but what um, I guess at the, at, the, at the very beginning of this conversation, um, what have you guys found the most surprising and then perhaps the least surprising about the way that the church, capital C Church, has reacted to this whole crisis? Uh, what have you found the most surprising about the reaction to, to the crisis? And what do you find to be the least surprising about how things have gone down as church leaders and organizations have reacted to this unfolding situation. Can I ask Laura to answer that first, being the the sole person who doesn't work for the church? That? <laughs> oh, okay. I was hoping someone else would go first. Um, the least, least surprising for me is how um, much 
of a scurry and how difficult the church has found it to suddenly drop everything and get online. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've seen this coming for so long. And how, you know, how long have I been saying like, do you have presence online? How do you contact people if you don't have a online bulletin or a group or a Facebook or Instagram or like, how do people know when the church camp is if they don't rock up and see you face to face each week? Where What's your online communication? And then everyone was like, oh no, suddenly we have to use the internet. And I was like, we've all needed to use the internet for like 20 years. Um, anyway, so I kind of, I kind of laugh, but most of me is like stoked to see these churches now suddenly actually putting themselves online. I think that's a really positive change. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I was surprised or not surprised, I was not surprised at that scramble. Um, <laughs> so good on you if you're a small church or if you're a massive church and you finally made the leap to start getting some proper um, professional looking online systems and structures. I'm watching and I'm excited for you. <laughs> Probably a little bit surprising, but not surprising, is how easily churches were willing to adapt. Um, in that, you know, the conversation you've kind of started there, Laura, about you've you've been seeing this coming, and for twenty years we've had the internet at our disposal, but we've not capitalised on it. It this kind of goes to show that it's not so much that we didn't have the ability to adapt we perhaps didn't have the the impetus to adapt we needed something to kick us into gear um yeah, and i think 100%. it's been really surprising for those churches who have dug their heels in all those church leaders even who have dug their heels in for so long <laughs> to kind of go hey let's do this and it's like well yeah let's do that because we could have done it 10 years ago or last year or whatever the answer is so it's been both surprising to see them adapt but also unsurprising to kind of say it was nothing perhaps but pride that was stopping you. Mm. Definitely, definitely. And I think also has been interesting that, um, just to give an example, I know Avondale College Church has been doing a lot in the online space for the last, like, at least at least five to ten years. And I know for the last maybe six years, they've been live streaming their whole service every Saturday morning to YouTube. Mm. And as soon as all the churches closed down, my first thought was, oh, I'll just watch College Church live stream. And I know a lot of my friends um, and people that I knew that, that are familiar with that church, even though they don't attend, they default to that one that already has an online presence and already has professional cameras and microphones and everything to get it done properly so they definitely had the leg up because they had the foundations laid before um the scramble happened preparation people yeah i think that's very true i think because even even before this whole thing it was the same for karina and i whenever we would come home from church and we didn't have a lunch to go to or something we would be like what do you want to what do you want to do over lunch and um, our default would always be college church. So I think, yeah, it definitely goes to show if you're, if you're doing something um, before the, the crisis hits that really meets that need, that's a really powerful thing. Um, yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the leaders that's been really um, impressing me and inspiring me, um, and I didn't really pay much attention to him before this, but that's um, Michael Todd from Transformation Church in America. 
unbelievable growth and just doing incredible things. Um, listen to a, I think it was a Kerry Newhoff or a Craig Rochelle podcast that everybody's wanting to interview him now because he's like the new hotness in online church and <laughs> views and engagement and giving and all that sort of stuff. But um, they've been doing this for ages. Um, and, uh, you know, he even joked in, I think it was the Kerry Newhoff podcast, that the growth that they've seen at their church uh, and the giving that they've seen increase at their church throughout this whole situation, he was joking, well, maybe we don't even go back to a physical campus after this. Maybe we just continue <laughs> yeah. doing this wow. online, you know? Pretty, pretty, I don't know if, you know, it's, I don't know if he's joking or if he's being serious <laughs> or if it's a bit of both, but it's interesting that that's part of the conversation now. I actually posed that question to someone, I can't remember who, but only in the last few days to say, what would it look like if we use this as an opportunity to plant a wholly and solely online church community? Yeah. 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 I love that idea. Um, Shelly Poole, she mentioned in the comments that necessity is the mother. And I think that's yeah. so true. Like <laughs> this necessity has like driven so much. Um, but I think, unfortunately, one thing that I think has surprised me has been, um, I guess, like just churches really rebelling against um, the government calls and that kind of thing. Like, I feel oh. like that's really, that's really like frustrated me. Even um, today, um, Danelle was just telling me about how one particular church here in New Zealand that I'm not going to bother naming or anything is currently going like, you know, because um, we're just moving into... Uh, level two, which means you can have gatherings of up to 10 people as of this Thursday yeah. or something, which is really exciting. That's a big breakthrough for us. Um, but, you know, this church is like a, a massive church and they're saying, you know, like hold to your rights. Like if you, you know, if you believe, hold your rights and have a church service this weekend with all your people. And I'm like, come on. Like, and I yeah. think I've seen that sort of thing the whole way through all of this. Um, this church is really being like, no, we know what's best. And I think that's something that surprised me and has really frustrated me during all this. Um, yeah. That surprised yeah. me a lot as well. I see, like, I think of that meme where they're, like, Christians and then it's, like, health crisis pandemic and the Christians are like, is this persecution? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, <laughs> it's no. It's not. Like, stay inside. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. That was what I was going to say as well. That's probably the thing that's surprised me the most but I, I don't know maybe in some way it surprised me the most and the least because mm. we already knew this was part of the ether especially in different parts of the world and in different faith organizations I'm just really thankful that we haven't really seen that within our own faith tradition um, to my knowledge at least I think we've seen a lot of people complaining but I don't yeah. think that complaining <laughs> has turned into actual action <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, maybe, I think Maybe it's the Adventists have our... the like the health message as well, so they're all like, ah, health. So maybe ah, they're yes. because of ah, health. Yes, we like health. <laughs> um, so that is a thing that they're happy to kind of understand. But I think as Australian culture, um, and I, I don't know about New Zealand, but maybe just the whole Western society, very anti-authoritarian kind of culture like we don't like yeah. being told what to do government's like hey you should do this we're like what you're gonna make us like people get up in arms about all sorts of things and then um we see that not just with the pandemic but with like every call that the government makes so mm. um i wasn't too surprised I, a lot of the rebelling i think was a gener generational culture thing as well like um you know i'm 25 and i think a lot of people my age were like cool okay 
yeah, makes sense. We'll, we'll stay at home. We know how to use the technology to get around it. But, you know, if you were maybe 40 or 50 years older than me, you're like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, definitely. Definitely. Um, I guess we seem to have lost Josh Wood, but hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, I'm, I understand his internet isn't the greatest, so hopefully we'll see him back in a bit. Um, but I wanted to also ask, um, what are you hoping that um, the church is going to change? Uh, for those of us who are in ministry and for those of us who are participating in ministry, what are you hoping after we get out of this whole thing? What are you hoping is going to change permanently as a result of uh, what we've been experiencing in the last few weeks and months? Mm. I I'm hoping we see a like a permanent change in in creativity. Well, we have two Joshes now. Yeah, we only had one yeah, before. My, now we have my two. Internet's dropping out. So I'm leaving one. Oh. Okay. Mm, just continue, Josh. Sorry, guys. Others, I think <laughs> okay. Josh Wood will come back to us in a moment. He's okay. just having his own party. All right. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I've been really, I've, I've really loved a lot of creativity that we've seen during um, this time. Like one thing I actually forgot to mention in how we're doing church is that we've started doing these fun little creative closing Sabbath videos. Hmm. Um, so at the end, it's it's not really like a service or anything. We still do it as a premiere but it's like a, a testimony and story and it's got like B-roll and that kind of thing, just sharing different stories from around our church. And um, yeah, I've really, I've really loved seeing that. And it's been like, we've been talking about doing video for a while, like not just filming the sermon, but doing video content. And this has actually been, um, again, as Shelley said, like the necessity and being the mother of this, it's, it was exactly what pushed us into being like, oh, well, let's just try and make the videos now and see how they go. And then, you know, they're not performing amazingly or whatever and breaking all kinds of online records for us or anything, but I think it's just great to see that kind of creative discipleship um, yeah. coming through and it'll be speaking to people in a way that couldn't before. So I'm hoping that sort of creativity really sticks around for us particularly, but also for the global church community. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love the creativity message. I think people have had to lean in a lot more to their tight social circles, whether that is like their small group or um, whoever I know, maybe was it you, Josh, who said in our Burn the Haystack meeting a few weeks ago that your church had like allocated who was checking on who in the community. Um, such a good idea. I don't know if you do that normally, if that's like a pastor thing, but... Um, that's something that every church says that they want to do, but <laughs> most of the time doesn't happen. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but we struggle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, such a good idea though. Like then yeah. kind of you're looking out for your whole congregation and something else that I also like was just how many online choices there are. And like for me, for example... If I was interested in, I don't know, another religion or denomination or whatever, I probably wouldn't take, like, carve the time out of my weekend to, like, drop everything, get dressed and ready, go and put myself in that new situation to see Mm. what it's about, risk being bombarded with, you know, would you like to convert to the faith? But I would totally just casually watch their video or live stream and see what it's about. So I think we're opening ourselves up to new people and hopefully... Um, strengthening those in in the congregation connections through the small groups and um, accountability buddies and stuff. 
Mm. So apologies, guys. I dropped out because I was on my computer. My internet is not great. So I've gone to my phone, but I think it kind of does hit a little bit on um, perhaps a little bit what Laura was saying as far as the online community. The opportunity at the moment allows you to potentially encourage your community to come and visit your church without leaving the comfort of their own home. And they have the ability to do so anonymously. They can just jump onto a live stream. They can watch. They can understand what you're about. And if they if they feel as though there's a connection point, then they can opt to take a next step by sending you a DM or whatever that looks like. Um, but I think that the current situation is actually providing so much more opportunity than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. That's true. Oh gosh, that's that's really cool. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking through as well is thinking about people online um, who may not necessarily be in your community bubble or whatever the case may be as as important as the people that are turning up to your church service on a weekend. Um, I know in times past, we've often thought about online engagement and likes and shares and comments as kind of being a little bit uh, less important than bums and seats of a weekend in church. Um, but it's really interesting that our online platforms have actually better ways to measure and, uh, and, and really figure out who's engaging, where they're engaging from and being able to connect with them personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know this is all this is all kind of tying around this idea that we've, we've we've been kind of dancing around like we four of us, but also like so many pastors and church leaders of doing like online only um, ministry of other people online real are they making real decisions are they being discipled in a real way and my head is really changing around before I would think of the comments and the likes and the shares as being just kind of passive and not that engaging and not that important as if I can get a person to come to my church during my 11am service, that's, that's a big win. That's a big, you know, that's important. Yeah. But actually my, my thinking is having to shift um, to think that maybe it's even more important um, that person online, because if they're engaging um, no matter where they are, no matter where they're from, um, I actually have an opportunity. Our church, our ministries actually have opportunities to do ministry that otherwise would be impossible. Jesse, I think the the challenge there is that we've been measuring Christians. What online allows us to do is engage with non-Christians. Shelley in the the comments is talking about data, you know, the future of the church is online. And I think there's so much truth there. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they already have algorithms that help us measure better than what the church has developed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so why are we afraid of using those sorts of things? The, The work's being done. It's available for free. Why can't we just use it? Um, but the challenge comes. The challenge comes and, this and Laura, is what I'm saying. Makes sense. I don't want to get too political with this, but in oh. Australia, at least, I don't know what you guys have in New Zealand, but the Australian government has released the COVID Safe app, which use, uses Bluetooth 
um, to to track where you've been for the last two to three weeks. Oh. So that if you return a positive test, they will be able to then figure out who you've been in close enough proximity to to let them know that someone they've been in contact with has tested positive. Um, okay. But there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm not going to download that app. I don't trust the government. The government don't need my details. They're going to be mm-hmm. tracking me, so on and so forth. I get the concern, but if you have a Facebook account, if you have a bank account, the government already have that detail. Yeah, yeah. And everything within it. And yeah. big business has it as well, which is like possibly more scary. But yeah. ah, the internet owns me. I really don't care. <laughs> it's too late. It. Well, it's too late for me. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And perhaps, perhaps one of the challenging points, Jesse, you posted on Facebook, I think, about a month ago saying that, the online church is brilliant for you because you know you've been you've been made for this your whole life you know millennials are rejoicing or something to that effect um and the concern that was in the back of my head was yeah but that works for you but what about the non-millennials in your congregation but what i've come to appreciate over the last month or so is that the non-millennials the 80 year olds have facebook they are connecting it's not that they it's not that they can't because they can. It's not that they, they don't because they will. It's a matter of our perception perhaps as church leaders thinking that, oh, they're old, they, they won't ever. Yeah, yeah man. Facebook so belongs true. to the boomers, man. It does. It really does. Yeah, we lost our hold on it a long time ago. <laughs> a very long time ago, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know the Zoom Sabbath school that I have been joining um, my father-in-law, who has those multiple country churches, is mostly, I'm going to say mostly people over the age of 60, 65-ish. Yep. And um, they love it. And it is very entertaining to see their enthusiasm combined with their, like, not always great at technology. <laughs> um, but they are not afraid to give it a go. They're not um scared or angry about it or any of the things that we thought that they might be like they're here for it and you're right maybe it was a necessity and i think if it wasn't a necessity they probably just wouldn't bother learning the new thing mm. but um they seem to be pretty pleased with themselves so yeah <laughs> yeah well like going in, well. In, in my church um you know I, I can think of one one of our elders and he's not like against technology he's just always been kind of like oh well why would i bother when i can just meet like call people and meet them in person but yeah. for him as soon as we showed him how to do the first zoom meeting he was like oh this is easy and then just started his own zoom sabbath school straight away like <laughs> yeah. next week you know he's like oh it's yeah. super easy i don't know what i was yeah and so i've been i love seeing that it's just as soon as they have a mm. sort of they can see necessity for it it I think people are just willing to learn the the new skills that are required to jump in. And yeah, I've seen heaps of that and I love seeing it. So Mm. it'd be cool to see like how, what goes back to normal and then what Mm. it becomes the new normal. Like are we always going to be having Zoom, at least a Zoom supper school going every week? Yeah. So I want to ask you a question that's kind of not in the ones that we discussed. Laurie, you were talking um, in some regards about um, the the online being the future, the way forward. Um, and I'm sc- scrolling through our comments. Karen's asking, what do you make yeah. of comments and statements referred to virtual connection is not real connection, thus drives disconnection. Mm. How do we, how do we um, this is the question to everyone, how do we deal with online church options, the possibility of a fully-fledged online church 
with the idea of Zoom fatigue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, look, thanks, Karen. I was literally just thinking that myself <laughs> while we're talking about this. Um, I did an episode with Burn the Haystack like a year ago talking about digital marketing for churches and how we need to get online and stuff. And then afterwards I did a Q&A on our Instagram and someone asked um, about live streaming the sermons. And I was like, why? Like, I was like, mm, that's kind of lazy. And I think, what are you doing with it? Are you just going to encourage people to sit at home and watch it instead of actually come in and engage? Like I was intending on, my idea was that the digital marketing aspect of being online was about getting people interested, maybe sharing the messages of love and hope and good things that people might make, blah, might not be seeing in the media um, and then get them through the door. But you're right, the idea of just church online, just completely online, is isolating. So I don't mm. I don't know is the answer, but I'm trying to find what would be our tightrope place of having enough online to make us relevant and to give us an outreach and keep community um community online throughout the week, but also not isolating people and performative culture as well like i'm watching a lot of the same people give the talks or present the music or whatever's going on and i like i'm here in my ugg boots on the couch every week and i don't really want to go and do a children's story or be the person that's doing the sermon or whatever i'm pretty happy just consuming and i am worried that that is not just me. Like I'm quite outgoing and normally willing to be ha like happy to be up the front. And well, here's the challenge, Laura. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Do please. I I think that there is real connection if we, for lack of a better term, deliver a product that isn't consumeristic in nature. So the sermon is a very passive way of consuming content and, and participating in worship. But what we're talking about, like in, in the idea of real connection versus fake connection is the whole idea of connection. And there are so many people that will come to church as we know it currently um, that just sit there and consume the content but aren't actually engaging and aren't actually connecting. And so I think that the large question we need to look at, you know, post-COVID is what does the church look like? What is the new rhythm? What is the new normal? Because we're finding new and creative ways to engage people now. Can we continue those on in three, four, five, six, twelve 12 months when we're meeting together again? Mm. For sure. I, yeah, and I think the way we've traditionally made church is that you have a church service and then you build everything else around that. And um, I think for a time that made the most sense, to be honest, it, like... You go back a few hundred years, sure. that model makes heaps of sense. Today, if you if like the early church, say like all the apostles and everything all of a sudden showed up and they were just making a church from scratch today, I don't think they'd do the same thing. They wouldn't yeah. use the same thing as building blocks. They no. might. I think I still feel like the trans like I still feel like the sermon is necessary. Maybe I'm a little bit old school, but like TED Talks are still taking off. Podcasts are still taking off. People love the yeah. sharing of ideas that are well thought out. For but sure. it's then how do we create authentic community? 
around the sharing of ideas and around like the, I guess, yeah, I guess the, the building of community within the building of the so church. How do we take yeah. the church from the weekend event to an everyday experience? Mm. Well, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with having events. It's as long as you build something, you build something into it that's actually Monday to Friday as well. Like that's why I think online, like that's why for me, I love the idea of a church that maybe structurally is 100% online but still incorporates incorporates physical gatherings as well. I don't think you ever should have a fully digital. I mean, you could, but I don't think you'll get a whole experience if it's 100% digital Yeah, because I think there's always need for actual human contact. Like whenever you see stories, um, you know, on Reddit or something of people who met on a game, the story always ends with the day that they met in person. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's where that's always the climax yeah. of like, and then we became true, real yeah, yeah, best yeah. friends. So like they we've spent ninety five percent. Yeah, we've been playing World of Warcraft for twelve years, but then we finally got to meet, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, like that's always the climax of those online relationship stories, and so I think there's a way to have physical and digital, but we need to rebuild it. And I, I think there are some really good questions coming in the comments. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I just want to speak. I know this is the question that we all kind of wanted to talk to, and I really wanted to talk to as well. So I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been busting to talk to this. So everyone who's watching is like, these guys seem so excited. <laughs> Karen, it was a good yeah. question, and we it really was. like. It. Um, Go, Jesse. I I think we have in this season. I think we have um, applied nostalgia glasses to the physical gathering. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so here's the way I think about it. Okay, I, uh, Josh was uh, Josh Wood was so right when he talked to this. We would have people coming to churches, and they would be sitting in pews, and we would think that that equals engagement because they're sitting there quietly watching something. But I think it's so often true that people are just shuffling through like zombies because they don't know any better because this is my rhythm, this is just what I do, but they're not actually engaging. Yeah. I don't know how many people. And this, you know, look, my ego is fragile sometimes, but I don't know how many people like <laughs> several hours after I preached a sermon, they would say, hey, I loved your sermon, Jesse. Great sermon at lunch afterwards. And I'd be like, oh, great. What was your favorite part of it? And they're like, oh, all of it was good. You know, like, <laughs> let, me, let me be completely honest. Laura, I know like you look test. like you were stretching to say something really profound just before. Um, no, no, I'm just I'm hunched over on let, my couch trying to... Let me be completely honest. So I've been in ministry. This is my sixth year of pastoral ministry. Oh, man. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty awesome. I, I honestly think in that six years, and I don't preach every week. Let's say I preach every other week. So I've preached on average somewhere around 150 to 170 sermons in that time. Wow, I yeah. probably only have five to ten that I think were just like, boom, drop the mic, <laughs> you're done, go home type yeah. sermons. And yeah. I'm the preacher. So I feel that way about my sermons because I feel like I'm just trying to create content for this level of consumeristic culture yeah. Yeah. rather than yeah. actually create content for a life change. Yeah. And I think 100%. that's the difference. I don't have the time to create that that great sermon every week because I'm doing sermon prep, I'm doing Bible studies, yeah. I'm doing uh, elders meetings and board meetings and, and you name all the other stuff that, that pastors are doing. If I was just creating content, I could probably make, better content for people to discuss three or four hours yeah. later. 
There, um, there are truly people. There are truly people who are gifted at making content and delivering that content in an engaging way. Like I'm thinking of the Craig Groeschels. I'm thinking of the Michael Todds of our world. They are excellent, and that's not everybody. But what I will say is that I don't. If if I'm thinking as just a parishioner, as a as an everyday follower of Jesus, if I was just going to a church and I was not going to a transformation church or I wasn't going to an elevation church where the message is hyped and that's what we're going for and the, or the music or whatever the case may be. I'm not going for the experience on the stage. I'm going for the people in the pews, right? That's, that's, just, that's just how it is for most people. So if I'm watching a worship experience or I'm watching somebody present a message, I think personally, and this might be controversial, but <laughs> I could very well get away with watching that online as long as I was able to supplement that with some sort of community activity, whether it's a small group, a lunch, whatever. I mean, that's not a very popular thing to say as a pastor, but I actually think if I was not in those shoes, mm. I would be perfectly happy with that. But that's my that's my point. You know, 170 sermons, maybe five to 10 that have been drop the mic type sermons. It shouldn't be about the drop the mic type sermon. It should be about that connection. Yeah, yeah. But then why... So. Online, every single Saturday morning, I have the option of like off the top of my head, churches that I know that I can engage with across the world. And so I'm like channel surfing all of my things. Like uh, because I was on Sabbath School Zoom, you know, a week ago, um, I was late to whatever the 11 a.m. service was at my local church. When I tuned on, it was something about Christian dating. And um, I've been married for two years and I was like, mm, not the content for me. Next. And then the next one, next church that I looked up was someone sharing their testimony. And it was obviously right at the crunch point. And the guy was like, you know, and I was considering taking my own life. And I was like, Whoa, this is not the place to enter this conversation. Like, I'm sure that's a great story, but I was cold and I was like, next. Yeah. And I can church wow. hop content and... A lot of it was like this grassroots stuff and people who are not, like you say, not content creators, not probably good at that thing. What is to stop us going like, hey, I'm the pastor and I um, don't want to churn out content each week, but the internet is full of amazing content. Like our conference makes content. So many people do. Why don't we watch the first episode of The Chosen, the new TV show about Jesus, and then let's all get together and discuss it so everyone do your homework and watch that and then for church today we're going to discuss this episode or i'm going to share some points or why don't we watch someone who um like tim mcgillespie's sermon from his church last mm. week in california i Laura, thought it was fantastic is, is that a bad thing no i'm saying why don't we do that kind of stuff so what you're saying though is you can click to the next form of content but you can't click to the next form of community oh yes Yes, exactly. Alliteration. Exactly. It's been zinging this entire episode. This is insane. You should, you should tweet that. I know. Oh my gosh, I have to go back to work Spirit in like eight is over this. This episode. Okay. But yeah, like I don't know. But then, do we get like a bit cultish because we're all just watching those same like? I, let's say like, what if there's yeah. only like one or two pastors that your church really loves their sermons and you're hopping between those uh, does it become then a yeah. performative like we but love then why that there's only one or two people that have the true gift of preaching 
Right? Okay. I don't have an answer. I'm just throwing out the questions here. Okay. Well, look, look, I'll make a prediction right now. I think that once everything, once our world has died down and we can not die down, but the whole situation has died down and we're back to quote unquote normal, whenever that might be, I think most churches are probably going to scurry back to whatever they were doing before because, you know, Mm. we want to just do what worked before. And, you know, it it makes sense on a psychological level. You can understand why people would want to do that. But then what happens to all the millennials and Gen Zers and everybody else who throughout this whole thing, Maybe they weren't super engaged with church. Maybe they weren't even going to church and they found something that they really liked and then the church that they were following or they were tracking with suddenly stops doing all the online stuff. What happens to them? Mm-hmm. And this is like people that we know. This is, you know, these are our friends and our family. So my prediction is that after this whole thing dies down, there will be a smaller number of churches and ministries that will continue to do online stuff Maybe some of them will be better than others. And I think there has to be that group of people because I think they're the only ministries that are actually going to be able to reach the disenfranchised and the disengaged. And I think that once we get back into this, that is going to become more apparent for a lot of people um, depending on what the church might be because I think that... Um, it's easy to see, to see the people that are coming through your doors every every weekend, but once you stop seeing those people, I think you like that becomes more real. Oh, guys, there's so much to think about. Yes to everything you just said. I'm I'm almost gutted that this has been scheduled for like an hour because I think we could discuss <laughs> this for like three hours solid. <laughs> Maybe we should do this again. Yeah. Maybe we should it. pick this conversation up in a few days or <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like we've just gotten into something now. You know what I mean? But it's... So full disclosure to those who are watching or listening, um, there is a document that Jesse started up that has like seven questions on it. We've barely touched the first one. Really? <laughs> Oh, oh, no, sorry, first, two, first, two, first at two, bro. Come on, bro. Come right. On, bro. Sorry, the first two. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I, so, I mean, okay. Last thought I want to throw out there. I've been thinking about, like, because, I mean, you guys know that I like to watch PewDiePie. I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch him as much as I used to, but PewDiePie has built a fully online community. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he, people yeah. love PewDiePie, but they don't just love PewDiePie. They love anybody who PewDiePie loves as well. Like it's kind of cultish at times, but it's, <laughs> but the thing is like, it's gone to the stage. You buy the merch, you d- you do the things. And there are people who, there are fans of PewDiePie meetups as well. So it's like this, there is a community built totally on YouTube. Totally. This guy just sitting in his house filming and he's made this community like on Reddit. And that's the thing. And, but you, you'd know other PewDiePie other PewDiePie listeners or like watchers when you when you interact you know I, I don't know like he's built a fully online community I'm so I'm like well what can churches learn from from that like is the future of us like creating things that you know not all of his videos are amazing he'll say that too he has a few that are just incredible that everybody watches that everybody loves and they're really standout videos but he makes like one every single day but people will just journey along with him because they love being a part of the PewDiePie community mm. or the 19 year olds that's that's just like what people love and so i'm like how do we build community 
like what do we learn from that like building a fully online community where people just love to be a part of it it doesn't necessarily matter if it's the best content every single one or every single episode but it's just a you just love being a part of that community it's so true and can i just add that like we're happy to ask all these questions and i don't think any of us have come up with any answers this whole time we've just been like back and forth with the questions and i love that about this but restrictions are lifting like we're you know we've gone in to quarantine we're we're starting to come on the up i know you guys are allowing 10 people we're also in new south wales going to allow 10 people by this friday and if we're still asking questions like this in three weeks time things are going to go back to normal and going to rigid again like right now the clay is is moldable (laughs) like it's time if you we're asking all these questions, but if you're not asking these questions of like your elders and your congregation and actually coming up with a set plan of like, what did you like about quarantine? What did you not like about church in quarantine? What are your creative ideas for coming forward? If we don't emerge, like literally in the next fortnight, if we don't have something laid down, we're going to go back to normal. Mm. And I think yeah, 90% of the churches, right? So it's like, it's, it's crucial like it's an interesting thought experiment particularly for me who's not a church decision maker right now (laughs) but (laughs) pressure's on you guys because really where like where are we going because it's you know the clay is starting to harden and we have to we have to shape it into what we want for the future now not in three months time when things get normal again and it's not the role of the pastor it's the role of everyone Mark Pereira has just said we can't go back to the way things were. I think what we've found Mm. is that we have made an idol out of the form of church. Sure. Mm. We've been so used to this form, and Josh, you were saying, you know, it it played a purpose, and I I don't disagree with that. But it's not going to play a purpose in the future to the same degree. And this is especially critical for mega churches or churches of larger uh, gatherings at some point churches are going to reopen yeah but there's going to be restrictions we may see churches reopen with up to 100 people so long as we follow social distancing measures now in my congregations following social distancing measures won't allow me to have 100 people which means i'd have to run multiple church services um so instead of just running multiple church services how about we just embrace this online form not necessarily as the way forward, but part of the solution so that we can then kind of have this hybrid model of some mm. description. Hybrid, that's a good word, yes. Mm. Together, online and the yeah. in-person needs to be like holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, okay. Well, I just, I think with my church, one thing we started just before this whole thing happened was we started a 5 p.m. service at our church, right? But then obviously, and it wasn't really taking off. Like I was doing okay and I had a good thing going on. But then this whole thing happened. We had to shut down all of our services. And then I was talking to my head older recently and I was like, you know, this whole online thing has been really fruitful for us. Do you think, do you think we could shift our direction to have like an online, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Service. Campus, an, an online campus sort of, sort of thing of our church. Oh, yeah. It's not just a, it's not just another event, but like it's an online, like it, like we're planting a church online, but it is part of our church. So it's like yes. we have our physical traditional church, mm. but then this physical traditional church 
has an online campus to it. Do you know what I mean? Like of of its own community of people that love and care for each other and that eventually like you're merging those two over time. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. But she, like, my head elder was like, hmm, that could be a good direction. I don't know. And I'm, I love the fact that I think a lot of people are just, it's registering now that this stuff is possible. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing, that digital community is possible. It's not the answer to everything, but it is, it is possible, and digital reach is possible. Most churches I've seen that, like, I've talked to who've gone online and put a fair bit of effort in, into their online have seen more numbers than they get physically. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, pr- pretty much. How, pretty much everyone. how are we measuring? Um, well, yeah, and, and that's a, a whole other discussion that I don't want to start, but I want to leave the question there. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question. Yeah, we should we should talk about that another time. <laughs> we might need part two. Yeah. So many questions. We, okay, we're gonna we'll just call it. We're gonna do a part two. We don't know when, but we'll do one with the yep. with the same group. We'll keep going. Yep. But uh, right now, Laura needs to go back to work. Yeah, sorry, guys. So thank you. I've already extended my lunch break. Thank you, Laura, for sharing your lunch break with us. Really appreciate oh, that. No worries. It's been nice. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome, teammate. Um, cool. Well, hey, well, um, if you guys have any more comments or questions, you can shoot them down below if you're on Facebook. Um, we will be uploading this to YouTube. And, of course, if you're listening to this after the fact uh, on our podcast pod, podcatching platforms, um, you guys can always uh, send us a message on our social medias and uh, our emails. So thank you guys all very much for listening. Uh, Josh? Yes, and of course, if you want to know anything more about Burn the Haystack and what we do, the best place for all things Burn the Haystack is, of course, burnthehaystack.org. Go Where you check it out. find merch. Yes, we have I merch. I didn't wear my jumper. Oh, no. no. I should have worn it. Oh, no. <gasps> Part two, I will. All right. All right. <laughs> I need to buy some of our own merch so that I can rip it too. All right. <laughs> so go and buy the merch. It's the best way to support the show at the moment financially and you can rep it and show that you're a part of the Burn the Haystack community. Uh, but yes, we love you all. Stay awesome. Keep interacting. Keep sharing questions. You're awesome. That is Josh, Jesse and Josh and Laura out. Woohoo! Bye. Bye. And we are no longer live. Great. Oh, and she's gone. Okay, bye. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm done with you guys. <laughs> I'm done with you.